as we remain standing for just a few moments more. I'm thankful today that God chooses to work with flawed humanity. I am thankful that the perfect God who created and rules heaven and earth, the God who has no flaws, who has no failure, the God for whom it is impossible to lie, that he chooses to work with flawed humanity. David said, if thou were to mark iniquities, Lord, if you were to keep count of wrongdoings and failures, who among us could stand? I'll say that one more time. If thou shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? I couldn't stand. You couldn't stand. And that's why we must be thankful and grateful that we serve a God who chooses to love and be involved with flawed humanity. I wonder if we can clap our heads one more time unto him. Let's not just give a courtesy hand clap, but can we just give praise unto the Lord and thank him? Oh, God. I thank you, Jesus. Oh, I don't deserve your love, but I'm grateful for it. I love you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. I want to read turns to the gospel of Matthew chapter 25. The gospel of Matthew chapter 25. I'm going to read verses 1 through 13 today. And uh, amen, we'll get right in. For time's sake, I'm just going to get right to reading. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise And five of them were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. And while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. My subject this Sunday morning is simply this, oil or not. Oil or not. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Thank you for standing. It's going to be a great day in the house of the Lord. Let me just say, if if I have not met you, I would love to meet you before you leave this place today. I believe God has something great for your life. 
Amen. And it's our prayer. I don't believe it's a coincidence that you're here on this Sunday today. God has something mighty and something life-changing. And sometimes we can be in the same place and see all the same things, but an encounter with God can change our perspective and our hope for everything. Oil or not, that last verse in verse 13, the Bible says, Jesus says, Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. That word watch means to give strict attention to, to be cautious, to be actively waiting and preparing to take heed, lest through remission and indolence some destructive calamity suddenly overtake you. Jesus describes the kingdom of heaven by giving a parable of ten virgins. Five wise and five foolish. The five wise virgins were considered wise because they kept their vessels full of oil. The Bible says that the five foolish virgins took no oil with them. The oil was used in a vessel as a lamp through which a wick placed inside the vessel wasn't placed inside the vessel, and if there was enough oil in the vessel, the oil would saturate the wick on the bottom end, and the wick could be lit with fire on the top end, and it would burn brightly as a lamp for all to see. If there was no oil, then there would be no light. If there was not enough oil, there would not be lasting light. And in those days, they did not have electricity. So if there was no light ready in a moment's notice, it was assumed that the guests were not ready to host or to commune with those who may stop by. The parable that Jesus gives in this chapter likens the kingdom of heaven to a marriage, a wedding feast, a final uniting of a groom and his bride. According to Matthew Henry's commentary, the marriage custom of the day among the Jews was that the bridegroom came and attended with his friends late at night to the house of the bride, where she would be, or at least she should be, expecting his arrival along with her bridesmaids, who upon a moment's notice were to go out with lamps in their hands to light the groom's path into the house with ceremony and formality to celebrate their marriage with great festivity. The five wise and the five foolish virgins professed what they believed about the groom by their preparation. I want to say that again. The five wise and the five foolish virgins professed what they believed. It was their nonverbal cue of what they believed about the groom's coming by their preparation. Just like Noah professed what he believed by preparing an ark and building an ark because he believed 
a flood was coming. The five wise virgins believed that the bridegroom was coming, and so they spent much price to keep their vessels filled with oil. Oh, I'm sure it was costly to keep buying oil and buying oil again. Amen. For oil to run out after, amen, the the fire and the wick was used up and the oil was used up. But they were preparing for a bridegroom. And so it was imperative that their vessel stayed full of oil so that their lamps would continue to be bright and shining when he arrived. I'm sure the foolish virgins mocked the price that the wise virgins paid. And they mocked the preparation that the wise virgins made until he arrived. You see, the wise virgins paid a price for oil that the foolish virgins would not pay. They weren't willing to pay The wise virgins dedicated their lives to being ready for the bridegroom at any moment. While the foolish virgins lived their carefree lives until he arrived. The foolish virgins didn't want to pay a price for oil. They wanted the wise virgins, the Bible says, to give them their oil. They said, give us of your oil that you paid for. We don't want to buy. We want you to give us what you bought, but we don't want to buy. You see, they wanted the wise versions to give them their oil. And then the truth is, is in life, I can give you a lot of things. I can give you encouragement. I can buy you a meal or some coffee. I can give you an opportunity with work or whatever. I can do you some favor. But what I can't give you, hey, man, is what the oil represents. And the oil represents a life of prayer. The oil represents the spirit of God. I can give you a lot of things, but I can't buy oil for you. I can't give you the Holy Ghost. When we see the oil throughout the scripture, it is a shadow and type of the spirit of God. Amen. That if there's oil on the inside, there will be fire on the outside. Amen. If there's oil on the inside, a light will shine bright on the outside. But the point of the matter is, is that there is a price to pay for oil. You can make a difference, but there's a price to pay. Your light can shine, but there's a price to pay. Amen. You can be led out of darkness and lead others out of darkness. But there is a price to pay. And I can't pay the price for you. And you can't pay the price for me. We either have oil or not. I can't give you the Holy Ghost. I can't give you a repentant heart. I can't give you a life of commitment and dedication to the Lord. I can't give you my oil. It's not mine to give. You can't give me your oil. It's not yours to give. The foolish seek to take from the wise and refuse to buy the oil for themselves. Always looking for a discount. 
always looking for a handout, always looking, amen, for somebody to do the work for them, always looking for somebody else to pay the price for them. Let me tell you something, friend, amen, there's a lot of things that you can do for somebody, amen, but I cannot save you, amen, I cannot position your life for the blessings of God. I cannot position your life to be redeemed and to be transformed by the power of God. I can only position myself and you can only position yourself today. I can't pay your price, but the price is worth it. Whatever price, amen, that you have to pay, whatever the price is that God is asking you to pay, it's not for us to compare prices here this morning. It's not for you to look at my price tag, and it's not for me to look at your price tag. But whatever Jesus is asking you to pay, amen, to say, amen, this is the way to heaven. This is the way of salvation. Walk in it. Let me tell you today that the price is worth Worth it. You get what you pay for. Come on. You get what you pay for. Come on. You ever have something cheap? Come on. You ever have some cheap food? You ever stay at a cheap hotel? You ever put cheap gas in your car? You ever have cheap furniture? Hello, somebody. You get what you pay for. You ever have cheap shoes? I remember earlier, in our earlier marriage, there's a name brand. I'm not going to drop the name brand down, but, amen, if I said it, you'd know it. I would get their dress shoes and never fail. They could not last through the winter. You're walking through snow. You're walking through salt. You know, you, the, the black is fading off. Amen. The shoes begin to talk. I'm like, man, I got to buy a new pair of shoes every year with this cheap brand of shoes. Yeah, it's saving me money, but I got to buy a pair every year. I'm going to invest in a nicer pair of shoes. Oh, pastor, oh, 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 you know, we got to. No, I'm going to invest in a nice pair of shoes because I want a pair of shoes to last me five years. I use my dress shoes. Bless God. (laughs) I use my dress shoes. But you know what I'm talking about. You get what you pay for. So we can't get mad. You've ever said to yourself after you bought something cheap and it didn't deliver and you thought, yeah, I just got what I paid for. (laughs) Hello, somebody. I got what I paid for. We get what we pay for. The wise buy oil while the foolish mock. The wise prepare for the bridegroom while the foolish take their ease. And in this parable today, the bridegroom is represented as the Lord Jesus Christ coming back and his bride is the church. The marriage is the marriage supper of the lamb where Jesus Christ, the bridegroom and his bride, the church amen, he takes her back to be forever with him. He said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am there you may be also. Amen. There's many mansions there. Amen. You see, we talk about many mansions. We've heard of the many mansions. Uh, What Jesus is referring to in this parable is when the bride finally gets to where the groom is, where we finally get to heaven for eternal communion and fellowship with 
the Lord. And so this is the parable that Jesus is talking about. The oil is the Holy Ghost or the Spirit of God filled in vessels of humanity. Vessels of flesh, jars of clay. And so, hey, hey man, here today, the oil on the inside of the lamp, the oil on the inside of the vessel will ignite the fire on the outside of the vessel. If we have no oil on the inside, there won't be a fire, a joy, a passion, a victory, an overcoming on the outside in our lives here. Amen. Also, the Bible refers to this in many scriptures, and I don't have time to get into them all today. But if there's oil on the inside, fire will manifest on the outside. John the Baptist prophesied of Jesus in Luke three sixteen. I indeed baptize you with water. But one mightier than I cometh, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. The Bible repeatedly associates the Holy Ghost with oil and the Holy Ghost with fire. In Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 4, the Bible says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, They were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. That sounds like a vessel being filled with oil today. In verse 3, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That word utterance simply means the Spirit of God gave them the ability to speak in a heavenly language unknown to man but known to God. It was a supernatural moment as they emptied themselves and made room for the oil of God's Spirit to fill their lives on the inside. It manifested with tongues of fire on the outside. An inner deposit Outward manifestation, inner preparation to be filled with the spirit and power of God that led to an outward manifestation, amen, of not just tongues of fire, that was just the initial evidence, but of a life transformed, a character transformed, amen, the nature and the, and the tendencies transformed by the holy nature of God's spirit. You see, in an upper room, they built altars of prayer unto the Lord. I know the Bible doesn't read it that way, but we've been learning about altars the past few weeks. 
Amen. In the Old Testament, they built altars of earth and of stone, and they, they offered animals of cows and sheep and goats upon those altars unto the Lord. And when Jesus died on Calvary's cross, amen, it did away. He became the ultimate sacrifice. And so we don't build altars of stone and earth anymore. And we don't bring all animals of sacrifice upon altars anymore. We build altars with prayers. We build altars with commitments. Amen. It, it honors and pleases the Lord. It's what draws us close to the Lord. They were building altars in a New Testament kind of way in the upper room unto the Lord. They built altars of prayer. They brought sacrifices of prayer. They brought sacrifices of surrender unto the Lord. They brought sacrifices of time and energy and surrender to seek the Lord for oil. We're emptying ourselves to get ready for oil. We're preparing ourselves to get ready for oil. The promise of the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you something, child of God. Understand clearly that we cannot pay for the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost cannot be bought. Make no mistake about it. That is not what pastor is trying to say to us today. But we must pay for an altar. We cannot pay for the Holy Ghost, but we must pay for an altar to make room for the Holy Ghost. You get what you pay for. You get what you pay for. What's your experience with Christ about? You get what you pay for. Hey Amen. Are you missing out on miracle signs and wonders? You get what you pay for. Are you missing out on breakthroughs and victories in your life? You get what you pay for. Hallelujah. Amen. You cannot buy the Holy Ghost. You cannot buy God's love. Amen. But God responds to altars of prayer. And God responds to altars of sacrifice. And so while he loves everybody the same, he does not respond to everybody the same. Well, I can't feel God. How do I know God's real? Well, this is going on in my life. Okay, get to building an altar. Where's your prayer room in your house? Where's your devotion room in your house? Oh, come on, come on. You can complain or you can pray. You can complain or you can praise. You can complain or you can build an altar and watch God respond. God cannot be unresponsive to an altar that's built in the lives of men and women. The Lord does not ignore altars. Jesus is saying, my blood's in this. What's, what do you got? Jesus is saying, my blood's in this. And we want a handout. That's our human nature. And, and that's, that's, that's human nature and that's false religion that's in our world today in the masses. I want to say that again. That's our human nature and that's false religion that's outside of the scripture that's in our world today in the masses. We want handouts. We don't want to pay a price. We don't want to have a cost. Amen. But Jesus said, if you will follow me, if you will be my disciple, you must first deny yourself. Jesus is not in the popularity contest. 
He's not. He walked away from many multitudes. They had 5,000 loaves of bread, fishes, and said, okay, hey, there's 5,000 plus women and children. Hey, I know everybody came for the miracle show. Come on, everybody came to see blind eyes open today. That's great. But who's going to follow me? You want to show, but who wants me, Jesus is saying. Is there oil or not? Let me tell you, I'm not in a popularity contest here today. Why? Because I'm trying to be like Jesus. I'm trying to preach the word of God without fear nor favor in this place today. God is not a respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of principles. And anybody can decide, I'm going to follow after Jesus with all my heart. I'm going to consume his word. Amen. And I'm going to pay a price to build an altar and prepare for the oil of the Holy Ghost. Amen. In my life, I'm going to prepare for the power of God's spirit in my life. It breaks Chains. It defeats anxiety. Listen, anxiety is not your label. Stop claiming that as your label. Depression, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Depression is not your label. Stop claiming that as your label. That is not God's label for your life. God died on the cross as the man Christ Jesus so that you can be an overcomer. Come on, is there, is there something? Uh, we, this time for a praise break right there. Is there anybody who believes that here today? Uh, Jesus wants you to be an overcomer. Jesus wants you to live victoriously. Stop living defeated today. He shed his blood so that we could win. I'm nearing a close here today. We must understand that we cannot pay for the Holy Ghost. The Bible talks about they had to buy oil. It's not saying they paid for an Holy Ghost. They paid a price to make room. That's what we have to do. We we have to pay a price to make room. David said in 2 Samuel 24, 24, he said, I will not offer something unto God that costs me nothing. Those 120 disciples, uh, amen, who followed Jesus and were in the upper room after his ascension spent 10 days in prayer, 10 consecutive days. Days in a prayer room, just praying and seeking God. Amen. Blocking out the distractions and desires of this world. Seeking to get a hold of that which is eternal and forsaking that which will not last in this world. Jesus commanded them not to leave until they received the promise of the Holy Ghost from heaven. They didn't pay for the Holy Ghost, but they paid for an altar. They paid with their time. Ten days they would not leave the place of prayer. Sometimes we have a hard time praying for just ten minutes, fifteen minutes. Come on, I'm, I'm saying us because sometimes I have to push through. Many times I have to push through when I feel like stopping to pray. Hey man, I have to, the, the, as the old folks used to say, you gotta pray through. Don't pray until you're done. Pray until you're changed. 
They paid with their time. They paid with their priority. They paid with their surrender. They paid with their hunger. They paid with their repentance. The Lord didn't owe them anything. Just like he doesn't owe us. And God doesn't owe us anything. He's already paid it all. If he never does another thing for us, he's done more than enough. The Lord didn't owe them anything. He just responded to their preparation. I want to say that again. They were paying price with time. Price with hunger. Price with preparation. Price with surrender. But God didn't owe them anything. God responded to their preparation. God responded with what they believed the Holy Ghost was worth to them. He said, I'm going to pour out my spirit to you. I hope you're with me. We got to make room. We can't pay for the Holy Ghost, but we pay for an altar today. God promised that the Holy Ghost would come. It was a done deal at God's appointed time that the Holy Ghost would surely come. But the disciples had to empty themselves to make room to receive the greatest treasure given to man. The Holy Ghost. I wonder if we can all stand here today. You see, there was a day when I found it hard to believe that the greatest treasure on earth is Jesus Christ. There was a day when that was my story. There was a day where I found it hard to believe that the greatest treasure on earth is Jesus Christ alone. Not his blessings, not his miracles, not his protection, but Jesus. Not what he can do for me, but Jesus. Not what he could give me, but the treasure is Jesus. Jesus is the treasure in the field. But when a man finds it, the Bible says he goes and sells all that he has. And with the money he receives from selling all that he has, he buys that field. It costs to make room. greatest gift the Holy Ghost His Spirit living inside of us no price is too high come on what do we pay for what do we pay for things that are going to fade away what do we pay for things that aren't going to mean anything to us in 10 years 20 years things are going to fade away vacations that last a week, two weeks at best, and we still come home. We pay high price. You see, whatever it costs to make room, whatever it costs to be ready, that's what I will do. It doesn't matter how many times I have to pay the price. I'll pay it. Even when others aren't paying a price, We must decide 
that I'm still going to pay the price and the price is worth it. I will not offer something unto God that costs me nothing. This morning, may we pray costly prayers. May we have costly convictions. Help us, Jesus. If wisdom costs me, then I'll choose to be wise. Give me the oil. If being filled with the Holy Ghost costs me pleasures of sin, then I'll pay the price. Give me the oil. If being filled with the Spirit of God costs me friendships, but gets me into heaven for eternity, then I'll pay the price. Give me the oil. If my God-inspired convictions cause me to look foolish to this world, then I'll be a full-out fool for Christ. Give me the oil. I want the oil. Perhaps, I'm going to stay on this for just a second. We're going to pray. You may have to cancel your Netflix subscription just so you can make room in your heart for God. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm telling you what you may have to do. That's between you and Jesus. I'm not here to twist your arm. I'm not here to, I'm not here to look over your shoulder. This is between you and God. But if there's something in your life that's clouding your hearing and clouding your sight, amen, it's not worth it. Give me the oil. Give me what's going to last for eternity. You may have to pray until your hair is messed up. You may have to pray until there's sweat in your eyes and your tie is twisted up. You may have to pray until you care about nothing else but being filled with the Holy Ghost. Perhaps, child of God, perhaps you had oil at one time. Perhaps your fire burned bright at one time. But if the bridegroom were to come today, Would your vessel still be full of oil? Or would he find you lacking? Would you be ready to meet Jesus? If that's you, it's time to fill up today. I want to invite us to come down to this altar for a time of prayer here today. If it's you, it's time to fill up. Don't wait. The foolish virgins waited. I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad. If the, if the shoe fits, wear it. If God is dealing with your heart, do not ignore him. The foolish virgins waited and found themselves lacking. Nobody can give you their oil today. There's no protocol. As I begin to just speak these words, just come up to this altar and begin to pray, begin to seek God, begin to empty yourself, begin to prepare yourself for the oil, begin to say, Lord, I'm going to open myself to you. I'm going to make room, Lord. I don't care what it costs me. I don't care what price I have to pay. Lord Jesus, it's you or nothing. It's you or nothing.
nothing. It's you or nothing. I must have you. I must be filled with you. Nobody can fill your life with oil today. No one can buy your oil for you. You have to get it for yourself. Nobody can pay the price of your altar today. You have to buy it for yourself today. Here's what I'd like for us to do. Amen. What we're going to do is we're going to pray a prayer of repentance. And what repentance is going to do is make room. We need to pay a price today. We get what we pay for. We're not earning salvation. But see, when we buy altars, the fire of God falls from heaven. Prophet Elijah, I don't have time to get into the story. Just read about Elijah. When we bring an altar unto the Lord and we pay the price for the fire of God, the power of God will fall from heaven. I'm going to ask that some of our altar workers, some of you ministers, amen, come on up here. Come on, Rosados, come up here. Brokaws, if you'll get ready, help me pray here this morning. Amen. Regardless, come on, as we continue to pray, we're going to pray. And what we're going to do is this. We're going to begin to reach out for God. And the first thing we're going to do is we're going to repent of our sins. We're going to ask Jesus to forgive us. Okay? And, and here's the thing, okay? I can't be real for you. I don't know if you're holding back. But you do. I don't know if you're giving all, but you do. And God does. And He's worth it. And so, whatever is in our life that is keeping us from living out and being filled with the Spirit of God, we've got to make a decision to say today to say, it's not worth me losing out with God. It's not worth me, Amen, leaving Amen this life spending eternity with God. Can we close our eyes right now and begin to pray? Can we lift our hands to Jesus? Lord Jesus, we repent, Lord, right now of our sins today. Lord God, you said in your word today, Lord God, that our response, Lord God, to being saved, Lord, is to repent, Lord, of our sins and to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and to be filled with your spirit today. Lord Jesus, we've come to repent. Lord, we've come to seek your face. I've come to say, Lord, I'm sorry for everything that I've put before you. I've come to say, Lord, there's nothing in my life more important than, Lord, serving you, than being right with you, than being ready for you. Lord God, I repent of my sin. I repent of my selfishness, Lord. I repent, Lord God, Lord, of not putting you first. Lord, I'm here, Lord Jesus, to say, Lord, change my priorities, Lord. Give me a new passion. Give me a new desire, Lord. Lord, I don't want to be sold out on things that won't last. Lord, but I'm giving my heart to you, Lord Jesus, today. Lord, I repent, Lord. I ask that you forgive me, Lord Jesus. I ask that you change me, Lord. Lord, I don't want to just pray a prayer and go back out and live the same way. Come on, that's it. Come on, let's continue to lift our hands and pray right now. In the name of Jesus, come on, that's it. Find somebody to pray for. If you're praying and you're repenting of your sins, continue to pray. Lord Jesus, I ask that you forgive me, Lord. I ask that you change me, Lord. Lord, I need you, Lord Jesus. I need you, Lord Jesus. Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for all my transgressions, Lord Jesus. I want to be right with you. I want to be made new, Lord Jesus. I want to be changed, Lord. I want your joy to fill my life.
the Bible says that the